Welcome to Calvary HSM Podcast. We exist to make disciples who live and love like Jesus. We hope this blesses you. Amen, amen. So we're talking about singleness. Now, already in the room, there's like, oh my gosh, it's getting a little awkward, or what's going on? It's, it's cool. It's whatever, right? All of us have been in a place where we are single or not single or whatnot, and we'll talk about that a little later on. But let me just share the true meaning or why we're doing this series. Now, obviously, we're talking about dating, kissing, sex, and stuff, but truly, what we're trying to do is teach you what it means to think through all your day-to-day life things biblically. Also, how to find those things in the Bible. You might be shocked that all these things you're looking for in life, pertaining to life and godliness, the Bible says, are actually found in the Word of God, even how to be single well. And so we're looking about that. That's the true purpose of the series. The second purpose of this series is to point you towards holiness. It means looking for God and being content in him. And we're going to walk through scriptures through this time, through the next four weeks for you guys to hear, to respond, and trust God as your Lord and Savior. Again, we're here to make a people who, are, uh, who delight in God's word, who exist to make disciples who live and love like Jesus. So... There's a few things that we've heard about being single. Now, first of all, if you're single, right? If you're single, you are ugly. Woo! Praise God. <laughs> you're not ready for that one. If you're single, no one wants you, right? If you're single, um, it's maybe because your breath stinks or something, right? There's so many dynamics in this, like, singleness. But these are the things that the world will actually put in front of us. They'll tell us, that you cannot even have purpose unless you are in a relationship, right? So they say, if you don't have someone who's with you, a booth thing or whatever, then you have no thing. Like there's nothing going on for you, right? And so that's the idea that the world would tell us about being single. The world will ridicule people who are single or people who are even virgins or keeping themselves for marriage. And so what I want to do attack in this beginning, to attack in the beginning of the series is two things. One, singleness is not any of those things. Two, the other thing is this. On the other spectrum or edge of it, us as believers in our community, when I say community, I mean us as Christians, what we've done is instead of talking about being satisfied in God or being content or trusting him for all of who he says he is, we instead have highlighted or raised up an idol of marriage. Now, marriage is great, and being, wanting to be in a relationship is golden. It's great. It's natural. It's a good thing for you to want to be in a relationship. But it cannot be your idol. It will not satisfy you. It will not bring you holiness. See, marriage is not the gateway to holiness. And dating or marriage will not and will not ever fulfill you. Because all these things involve people, involve all these others, like all kinds of humans, and humans often fail us. That's why we put our trust in the Lord. It says in Philippians 4, 12 through 13, Paul, the gangster apostle says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul says in all things, I can do them because Christ gives me his strength. He finds that all the things he works through in life, the dynamics of not just being single, the dynamics of not just being maybe broke or trying to find uh, clout in your community. Any dynamic in any space, he says, I can do all these things. Whether I have or I have not, whether I have a boo or I do not have a boo, I will be fine because God gives me the strength to do so. 
But here, one thing I want to encourage you to hear is this. Because you might feel and see all these things we're talking about and feel like, gosh, man, I don't know about you, Aaron, but I want to be in a relationship. Hold up, hold up, hold up, Aaron. That's cap. Stop this capish behavior, Aaron. We all want to be in relationship. We want to be with other people. And I said again, that is a good thing. However, we have to recognize that one, God has put us in this space for a purpose. And this God is patient and he does, he's, he's also not wasteful. Meaning any season he puts you in is for your good and for his glory and it's not a wasted moment, all right? Some of you guys might see other people and as you guys grow up, you'll recognize this. I recognize this myself as a 31-year-old married man. Uh, my fifth year will be March 23rd this year, right? But you will recognize very quickly that as you go through life, everyone seems to be dating. Then after that, everyone seems to be getting engaged together. Then, oh my, oh my gosh, people are getting married, and people have babies, and whatever. And, and like I've said before, we're not glorifying this whole progression at all. However... You feel sometimes that you're being left behind. That's how I feel all the time, right? Five years of my marriage, no kids. Like, what the heck, God, right? So you have this idea and feeling of tension of, I want to be in this place. However, this God, we have to trust that he's patient and he's not wasting his time nor our time. And if we're honest, there's a, there's a reality here that there are some gifts that God gives us that we receive that we actually don't want. How many of you guys have received a gift that you hate? You're like, I did not want to get this. Why did they buy me this plushy doll for Christmas? I don't know what you guys got for Christmas. But one time when I was younger, my dad uh, living in Uganda, my mom uh, and my sister had gone to the States because my grandmother passed away. And what happened was my dad, we did not trust, my brother and I did not trust that our father had good gift giving or buying ability. <sighs> so what happened was our father actually bought us on Christmas Day, so excited, we go under the tree and we unwrap these newspaper wrapped gifts, open them up, and there was two big mugs. That's all it was. Just two big mugs. Can you imagine how disappointed I was? Not even a piece of chocolate, just two mugs. And I kind of like had a disdain for that. I did not like that. However, down the line, it was over conversations with tea and moments drinking together, drinking coffee, drinking tea together, where we had conversation and connection. See, this was a gift that I ended up appreciating over time, that I appreciate later. So sometimes there are gifts that God gives us that we actually don't want. You do not want to hear that you might be single for the rest of your life, right? You don't want to say that. You don't want to hear that. I watched you guys as uh, Doug said that. Doug Lehman, who, got, who has been married and now a, a widower and he's single, right? He said that in the room. Guys were like, whoa, that's, I don't want that, right? No one wants that. But this may be a gift right now that you may appreciate later on in your life. So let's walk through some things that singleness does not mean as we jump into our time today. One, singleness does not mean that you are incomplete. All of Hollywood says Hashtag you complete me, right? That's what it said. I, I forget what movie it was. I think it was the movie, name and I even try it. I'm not a movie buff. But the point is, you complete me. Shout it out if you guys remember it. Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Do not watch that movie. It's bad. Anyway, Jerry Maguire, you complete me. Everyone's on that plan. You look for other people to complete you, and yet we know we've found out 
that this God is Jairah and he completes all that we need. The Bible says the word Jairah means that he will see to it, mean, meaning everything you need, he will see that you have. He'll take care of all those things. Singleness also does not mean that you are undesirable. It doesn't mean you're undesirable. It doesn't mean that at all because God is madly in love with you. Madly in love with you. So much so he's willing to die for you. Crazy. Singleness does not mean you do not have purpose. For many of us, the thing is, oh, man, if I don't have this person in my life, I don't know what I'm going to do next. And again, like I've said, it's good for us to have the desire even to be married, but we don't want to make an idol of those things. For some of you, that's the highest goal, like JD said in the video, that you want to be married uh, and then have 2.3 kids. I do not know how that works, right? That's what he said in the video. But you would, then that's the end of your life. Play golf and then die. Like, what? That's not, that's not it. That, that ain't cheap calls. That ain't it, okay? There's more to life than that. And with that, we have to know that marriage itself is not a prerequisite for purpose. Meaning, when you say I do, that doesn't mean that I can. Like, because I said I do, then I can now begin to serve the Lord more powerfully. Or because I said I do, now I have more opportunities to live life to the fullest. That's not true. Not true at all. So let's see real quick. How many of you guys are going on a mission trip to Uganda? Real quick. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. How many of you guys are going on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic? There you go. Some of you guys are double dipping. Drew Alton. Anyway, uh, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Look at each other. Look, look around. Look around. Are any of you guys married? Zero. Right? And yet you're going to have a great and powerful impact in those countries you're going to go and visit. You do not have to have these things lined up for you to have purpose and to have power in God. It doesn't work like that. And so we'll look at some people in the Bible just for reference because I don't want to be talking off the side of my neck without giving examples of people in Scripture who were single and yet the Lord used them powerfully. For example, one, the gangster apostle, Paul the apostle. This guy is, as in, he's just insane. Insane. He just teaches and teaches and plants churches. I'm, I've planted a few churches in my life, right? But I can't imagine planting all the churches in, in, the book, uh, in the books of the Bible, like Ephesus and, and, and Philippi and all these different churches, as one guy. He goes out there and preaches the gospel. One guy, he's been gifted with his ability to do so. He uses his singleness to plant churches. Or Anna, Anna, who ends up waiting for so many years, and she waits for Jesus to come. And she's one of the people who's blessed to speak over Jesus when he came as a baby to the temple for the first time. Or, for example, Martha, Martha and Mary. You guys heard of Martha and Mary, how Martha was a worker and she worked a ton? Martha ends up being a single woman, and she takes care of Jesus and all these disciples. Now, you think it's easy having one brother in the house. Can you imagine having 12 or 13 plus, all these extra guys, right? Guys can be dirty, but here she is, using her singleness to run the household and take care of all these people. Or Jeremiah, Jeremiah, that guy wanted to be married, and God told him no. God told him he's going to utilize his singleness to preach and speak to the people of Israel. Or here's John the Baptist. I don't know any of you guys, but you like comfort, I'm sure, right? That's why you have a pillow on your bed or bed sheets or 12-count cotton, whatever. But can you imagine being John the Baptist and uh, you like a girl or a lady or whatnot, and you say, we're going we're to have di for dinner tonight. He goes, locusts and honey? Heck no, no. But he's called to a place of singleness for that season, and he's the one who heralds the way for Jesus. In fact, literally, the Bible says there's no man greater born of a woman 
than John the Baptist. Those are big words. That's in the Bible. Fact check me, right? It's real, right? There's no man greater born of woman than John the Baptist. And he as a single man begins to use his, use his singleness to serve God. The biggest example, guess what? Get closer, lean in. The biggest example, lean in, lean in, is Jesus the Christ, the God-man, Jesus Christ. He lives all the 33 years of his life. I'm coming up on 33 soon, but who knows what will happen. I'm not going to ascend to heaven, but hey, 33 years of his life, and he's never been in a relationship, right? And he uses his singleness to give of himself to other people. So let's not glorify the idea of having no purpose or not having anything else apart from being in a relationship. 1 Corinthians 7, 7, Paul says this, I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift and one has another, another gift. And so what he's talking about specifically is this, that he's been given the gift for this season. He's not saying, because people have said this language, and I kind of like cringe when I hear this. Do you have the gift of singleness? That's chill. It's not the thing, right? It's the season itself. He goes, I have, have this gift in this time, and I'm going to use it well. The Bible describes this singleness, this time, this season in your life as a gift, as a gift, as a time that you can use in power to know who you are. The lie we've been sold often is this. I just need you to survive, survive singleness till I get married, and that's it. I'll just survive it. I'll get through it somehow. And when I get married, all will be solved. All will be finished. But that's not the truth. And you might be in this room and you'll be like, this message is not for me, Aaron. I am with my boo thing. We're together. You don't know what you're talking about. Okay, real quick, let's see. How many guys in this room have been single by show of hands? Been single. If you've been single, show of hands. Sweet. Praise God. How many of you guys know someone who is single? Okay. How many of you guys are currently single? Everyone together. What? So this message is specifically for you. This message is for everyone in this room. No one is being cut out of the opportunity to use whatever season they have to know themselves in the image of God, to know themselves as God calls them to be. But the issue is this. The bigger issue is this. It sounds good. We've made noise. We've talked about it. We've talked about how even Jesus was single. But the reality is we don't want to be single or don't want to live in this space or don't trust God for that season. Why? Because we have an issue trusting God. Because we are born trusting everything around us except God. That's a reality. Like you would trust people. Are, this is wild, right? Like even as Christians, let's talk about it as Christians. You are, 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 have full faith that Jesus, the God-man, God came in the form of a, of a baby, right? Entered into the world, lived a perfect life, died for your sins, right? And then he, uh, he rose again, right? And he's going to bring us back if you, have, if you put your trust in him to give you back and bring you back to glory. You believe that, but you can't believe that, 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 that Jonah was swallowed by a big fish. Like, those are the things that Christians debate about. Like, you're debating about the lesser things and not the bigger, the most important things. Every one of us are born trusting everything but God, which is why we have issues with our feelings or money or even our job because you don't trust this God for who he says he is. Since Adam, unbelief has been our defaults. And people who put their trust in, in, uh, uh, in, in, in unfaithful things will always be disappointed. They'll always be disappointed, always being let down, right? They'll always let you down. 
And so my encouragement is this, that we don't look to our sexuality or our identity or our bodies or even our singleness as a way for us to move forward or to find strength or to be content. Instead, let us be a people who lay aside, the Bible says, every weight that so easily entangles us. It says that in Hebrews. To lay aside every weight that so easily entangles us. What is that sin that for everyone in this room so easily we fall into? It's a sin of doubt. It's a sin of not trusting God at his word. And therein we fall and become like our father, Adam. All of us sin, and all the sin around us in our world and idolatry in our world happens when people don't trust God. We reject the idea that this God is wise. We reject the idea that this God is also good to us and has the best for us. And we can't handle being in that space. And so for some of us, that becomes an image where we have autonomy. Like we want to have autonomy, meaning you just want to be with every single person you can. Why? Because you feel and I feel, and that was my sin. You guys have heard my testimony. The reason why I ended up sleeping with all these kinds of women, all these prostitutes, right? Not even girls that I rizzed up, right? This is where I actually like paid, right? This is, the reason why I fell to this place was because I didn't trust that God would have for me what I needed down the line. That's where I was. I didn't trust God. And for many of you, many of you in this room, you end up dating people, not because other people are doing it. No. Simply because you're like, dude, I, I just, I just want to, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be alone. I, wanna, I, I don't think I'm going to have someone. So I need to try it now. I need to be in this space now. Now, for those who are dating, praise God. That's good. And those who are not dating, praise God. That is good. There's no one holier than the other because you're in or not in a relationship. And we're going to see what that looks like for us to be in and to be not in a relationship in a few minutes here. But what's happening is this. God is not calling us to be single or to be married. He's actually calling us to holiness. He's calling us to be content in him, to trust him. In 1 Peter 1, 15 through 16, it says, but just as he who called us is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. This God, this Jesus, Peter actually is quoting uh, the book of Leviticus that we all did not skip last month, praise God. That he says that we are to be like this God, to be holy as he is holy, to be separated from all these things because we choose him to be the better thing. Like has been said and mentioned in this video, and Pastor Sarah mentioned it as well, that she finds herself not turning, and at that time, turning to her boyfriend for needs and for all that she wanted, but then turning to God, knowing that she was fulfilled in who God had called her to be. In calling us to holiness, God is calling us to joy. God is fighting for your joy. Why do you want to date? Because you want to have happiness, right? Let's be real. You want to be happy. When I was uh, an intern at a church called South Coast Fellowship, myself and two other friends of mine, uh, during the internship, one of the things they tell us that you cannot date during this internship, so your internship, unpaid, right? So we were serving, doing all the things. You know, people are like, oh, my gosh, you're lifting all those chairs, Aaron. You're so handsome. I don't know. Church res is weird. Uh, but, like, all those things are happening, right? But uh, this one of my, my friends was like, dude, like, oh, man, he was struggling being single, he's always trying to, like, throw game and all this stuff. And so my friend and I sit him down and be like, dude, like, 
this is not for you. Like, you, God has much more for you than these moments. Can't you just spend a year? For some of us in this room, it's hard for us to not be in a relationship. We want to just be with people. Again, the desire to be with people is great, but it cannot be an idol that fulfills our all in all. In calling us to holiness, this God is calling us to joy. He wants to fulfill all those needs in him. And what happens is this, God's way then offers for us protection. He offers for us a way to have that joy. This God is fighting for our joy because he's a good father. He's for us, not against us. And here's two ways for us to safeguard our joy in singleness, okay? We're switching gears to more of a practical way. We're going to work through some scriptures in the book of Song of Solomon uh, in a few minutes here. But before we jump into that here, here are two ways to safeguard your joy in singleness. One, know or remind yourself who you are and what you are worth. If you've got an attitude, know what you're worth, right? You've got to know who you are and what you're worth. To God, not just be like, hey, I'm, I'm the best thing. And like, no, 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 no. Calm down. Sit down. Be humble. Right? Kendrick Lamar. We need to be a people who recognize who we belong to and how we matter to him. To be in healthy community. Knowing who we are allows us to make like, like decisions uh, about our worth and what we give our time to right? So if you know that you're a child of God and you have this high calling, in fact, in the book of Ephesians, Paul tells these people, these Christians, he says, walk worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And if you know that you have a higher calling in your life, you're not going to be giving yourself to these random high school boys who can't even pay. They can't even buy Takis for you, right? They can barely pay for ice cream. They get right from their dads to a date. Come on, guys. Let's be real, right? These girls don't know. They can't give you anything right now. And yet, here we are. Why? Because we don't have a standard of who God has called us to be and who we are. And so we lower our standard. If you know who you are, then you don't give out discounts. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's no discounts on all, on all those things because you recognize who you are and you have confidence in that. So much confidence in that. You won't feel the, the desire to feel loneliness with a person because you know that God has fulfilled all in all too. Let's walk, walk through some, some ways we can remind ourselves. And what does God say? What does he say about us? Let's remind ourselves in this room. Why do we come here every Sunday, day, uh, week, week in, wake out? Some of you guys come every day, praise God. It's because of this, because we want to remind ourselves who God is in our life. Every Sunday, the sermon is the same. Go back, go study. Please go study, it's amazing. The Bible's amazing. Like, go back and read and go study all the sermons we've ever had on our YouTube channel that have ever been preached anywhere. The gospel is the same through every single Sunday. We come to be reminded that God has called us to himself, that he loves us, that he wants to give us more than the things that we put in place of him. He says this, that he cares for us. The first thing is this, that we remind ourselves that God cares for you. The lie was this, no one wants me. Because no one wants me, I'm going to lower my standard and date any person who comes around me. Because no one wants me, I'm going to just, just give all of myself to this person. But you'll find very quickly these people will disappoint you. You guys have been freaked out when someone does not text you past a certain time. It's been five minutes, why didn't he text me back? Oh my gosh, he's cheating money. Br brother is in the restroom, right? He's all scrolling on Instagram, but you're just freaking out, right? This is what's happening, right? Like, 
This God cares for you. He has not forgotten you. He will not forget you. He will not leave you on red. He knows you. He loves you. He's for you and not against you. He says in Jeremiah 29, 11, in the midst of turmoil, these people are going to be in a, a place of, 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 of uncomfortability for 70 more years. He says this, for I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. In Psalms 139, he says, you saw my substance being yet unformed and your, in your books, they were all written the days that, that you fashioned for me. You knew my days, Lord. You cared for me so much to plan every single day for me. Some of you guys go on dates and it's like, what are we doing today? I don't know. It's the most like, strangest thing because you don't know what's going on. This God takes care of every single detail of your life. Nothing happens by mistake. Again, he's patient and he's not wasteful. God has a plan for you. He has a purpose. He says this in Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that you walk in them. God has purpose. Your life is lined with purpose. That guy, that girl won't make you more confident. It's not going to work. Because God has a purpose for you that will give you confidence, that will give you strength in your bones. There was a time when, um, and I didn't share this early in the morning, but uh, there was a, a prophecy, something was spoken over me when I was like, I think it was like 17 or 18. I just come back to the stage doing this internship, whatever. And this guy walks up to me, you know, you go to, to a church, a friend's church, and you walk up to greet the pastor as people do. Hope you guys... New people? That'd be awesome. Great. Anyway, you walk up to the pastor, introduce yourself, like, hey, what's going on? This guy read my mail, meaning he began to speak things that God was showing him on my heart. And that was wild. It was a wild time because he was saying all these amazing things, crazy things. One of the things that I was kind of scared of because he was actually talking about what was happening in my life, he was wild. I was scared that he would uncover my sin because at that time I was actually struggling with porn. Just wild, right? Again, a mistrust of God, like I've shared before, because we don't trust God for what he's going to give us. We begin to be curious and explore all these other options. And in that moment, I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy's for real, for real. He's for real, for real. He's not like, you know, guys be playing. They'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm a prophet. And they'd be like, next year, this person will win the election. And you're like, well, they didn't. And you're like, what? <laughs> okay, cool. You're right? But no, this guy was for real, for real. He was like saying stuff. And I was like, whoa. And this is how the Lord phrased it for me. So gentle, so intentional. He said, don't give your energy and your time uh, in the nighttime to, uh, to electronics. And for me, I know I was, watching, I was watching all kinds of porn, right? And he said, give that time to me. I am jealous for that time. That's how he was phrased. And I was like, oh, oh. Now, you didn't need to give me all the details for me to know what was going on, right? He was speaking to me specifically, meaning my life was lined with purpose, and this God was jealous for me to have that time with him. But my heart was given to all these false things. It was just insane. This God has lined my life with purpose, and he's lined your life with purpose. Your life of singleness is one of understanding that purpose in Jesus. He says this, in Psalm 94, 18, 14, the fact that this God will also never forsake us. Because some of us, we feel alone. Just be real. Like, you just feel alone. You just want to have someone to hold hands and, like, you know, walk down and see the cherry blossoms and, like, you know, buy you flowers and, like, you know, check your DMs and people not have, like, ads. It's, like, actual person DMing you. Anyway, like, we have all these desires to not be alone. And this God has told us this. 
Psalm 94, 14. For the Lord will not cast off his people, nor will he forsake his inheritance. For some of us, we've crossed so many lines. And it's just like, dude, Lord, like, I just, I don't know. I don't know if it can. And he says, no, I will not forsake my people. I will never leave you alone. That's one of the sermons we're going to talk about later on. What happens when you've gone too far? What do you do? Does God still want you? Are you used? Are you used up? That's the language people keep throwing around. The reality is God is a God of restoration. He brings us back to 100%. Whatever has been lost, he brings back. He's a champion of our sin and a champion of our flesh. And we invite him into this, this community, into this space, into our hearts to remind us that he will not forsake us. He says this in Deuteronomy 31.8, And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear or do not be dismayed. He doesn't just say, don't be afraid. Why? What does he say, don't be afraid? Don't be discouraged. Don't be saddened. Why? Because he said, I am with you. I will be with you. That's what he says throughout the scriptures. That I am with you. And it's so interesting. We walk around as if God is not in this room. He's not amongst us. It's like he's not in this space. And yet he's here, close to the next breath. Like he's around us, always, all the time. And so when you feel lonely, know that this God is with you. And ask him. The Bible says he's the God of comfort. Sophia talked about it. You know, coming off the names of God is pretty clutch because then we can see that he is Jehovah Shalom, the God who is peace, the God who gives the peace, the God who fulfills all our needs with himself. He is that. And we can trust him to be just that. This God is looking forward to spending time with you. Now, if I'm being real, sometimes I come back home tired. Especially when I lived in Ventura, I just moved up, to, up the grade a few uh, months ago. But I would drive 35, 40 minutes. I go back home. Dang. Do I want to wash these dishes? No. I know we love my wife for washing dishes. Do I want to give her a foot massage? No, I don't want to. I don't. Why? Because I just, I just don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to give all that time. I'm not looking forward to that. But this God is not like selfish Aaron. He's not like you who maybe for some reason, maybe people in this room, you're with someone because you won't want you one thing from them. I hope that's not the case. I hope you're dating for a, a purpose to potentially get to know these people and potentially be in holy matrimony. I hope that you're chasing that for sure. This God is not like us. He's looking for us to hang out with us, to be with us. He says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible says he saved us to bring us back to himself. He says in Revelation 21, 3 through 4, at the end of it all, at the end of it all, when the world goes back to the garden of Eden and everything is reset, where we're naked and unafraid with our God, unashamed, because we are before him, he says, behold, the tabernacle of God, the living place, the dwelling place of God will be with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. You will find yourself secure in this God who knows all your intricacies, all the things that maybe some people don't like. Maybe you, you don't like how your hair is curly. And he goes, girl, I love your hair, your curly hair. Like you might be like, oh, I don't like, uh, uh, I don't like my laugh or my teeth or whatever. He goes, dude, I made those teeth. I there's things that Jesus did not die for, right? Like, like uh, things like pancakes. He didn't die for pancakes. He died for waffles, just to be clear, right? Uh, that is settled in heaven before the throne of God. Anyway, the point is this. This God died 
for all of you, and he's longing to spend time with you too. We to be a people. How do we fight for our joy by being in healthy community? And we're going to look at Song of Solomon in these scriptures here. And if you guys have ever read that book at some point in our Bible year plan, you're going to hit that verse or that uh, chapter or the book of the Song of Solomon. And it says this. You're going to hear these voices. One, the voice of Solomon, the, song of, the, the voice of Abishah, his wife, and then the voice of the friends. Solomon, Abishah, and the friends. Three voices you're going to hear. And some people will talk back and forth about how these are just uh, Solomon-like voices. But here we are, right? Solomon, Abishah, and the friends. And these friends represent single people. They represent people in this room. Remember how in this room we did a little poll and everyone here has ever been single, knows someone who's single, or is currently single? This is you. This is how you and I can help people around us who are in relationship and who are not in relationship. How we can help people, again, those who are in a relationship, praise God, and those who are not in a relationship, praise God, because all of us need Jesus at the center of it all. He says this, in uh, Song of Songs 1, verse 4, we rejoice and delight in you. We will praise your love more than wine. These are people who can rejoice that someone is in a relationship. Why? Because they're secure in Jesus. For some of us, it's difficult to be happy for other people because we're so salty. We're not content. Remember when we went to uh, the, 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 uh, uh, that, that, that place of bitterness, right, where all the Israelites went and they're like, oh my gosh, Mara, this water is salty and, and we don't want to be there. They could not be content and full of joy because they were not content in God. They had an issue of deep sin. They didn't trust him. And so the only way you can be happy for other people if you're not in a relationship is this. Trust that God has your all in all. And then you can be Joyful for other people. In 1 Timothy 6, 6, he says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. I tend to believe people who rise from the dead. Okay, that's just my rule of thumb, okay? I just do, right? When this God says godliness with contentment is great gain, I tend to trust him at his word. Because he says, if I trust him for all of who he is, then I gain much more. Like, it's, that's where it is. This is the, the great and beautiful exchange. He takes beauty for ashes. Yeah. Uh, anything you have a thought or a, a, a doubt on, he takes that and he gives you a fullness of, who he, who, of, all, who, of all of who he is. In 5.9 of Song of Songs, he says, How is your beloved better than others? Most beautiful of women, how is your beloved better than others? They even encourage this person. When she's happy, they're happy with her. Right? So if you're in a relationship and things are going great, celebrate with your friends. Right? Encourage them. Be about that. Don't allow the saltiness of salty saltine to come out. Be content when our God has you and where he has you in that season. People are like, who's salty saltina? It's a person. Anyway. Or we can jump into this verse here in Song uh, of Songs 8-9. And this is crucial for us because we're talking about the context of having boundaries, right? The question is not how far is too far. The question is how can I use my singleness to be holy? How can I use my singleness or my time in a relationship to honor the person who is made in God's image? In Song of Songs 5-9, uh, rather 8-9, it says this. And these are the friends speaking of her, this, this friend. These friends, these single friends are talking about their friend who's in a relationship. So if that's you... Listen up. If she is a wall, we will build towers of silver on her. That means if she goes, hey, I have these boundaries, I'm going to hold to them. Then your role is to encourage her to hold those boundaries. If you say, hey, 10, 10 p.m. is the time, hey, 10 p.m. is the time. Girl, are you home? 
Just checking on you. I love you. Be good. Hey, bro, bro, hey, bro, bro. Yo, 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 you know, you know. You, you got the weakness. You got the weakness. What you doing right now? Be honest to be real with your friends. If she be a wall, if she builds these boundaries around herself, then we should be a people who encourage that and hold that. Because, again, these things are fighting for our joy. Why? If you have those healthy spaces, even as single people, for others and keeping each other accountable, accountable what happens is you have more confidence. You don't have to be like, oh, man, I came into... I, some of you guys have never been to... You've not been to a small group in a long time because you're living in sin. That's why you're not coming. It's not sports. It's not like you got something going on. Because you always make things for time for things that, you, that are important to you. Yeah. That's what happens. But some of you guys have not been to church. Not been, because you feel all these things happening inside of you. The beauty of this, this message is this. Even though you've gone as far as you've gone, God wants to love you and bring you back. He's not see you as cast off. Then it says, if she is a door, he, he, we will enclose her with panels of cedar. If she be like opening back and forth. Some of you guys have like guys or girlfriends where all of you guys are friends. They're just always trying to be with someone. They can't be alone. It's like, where are you going tonight? A party? Why? This girl's there. This guy's there. It's like, dude, if this person be a door that's open and closed and open and closed and open and closed, then we will build ourselves. We ourselves will be a door for her. We'll be adored for him. We will stand in the gap with them. All of us are called to be like these people, to help each other fight for our joy in context of singleness. Healthy friends have healthy accountability. This singleness is also for our character forming. You begin to know who you are and what you're supposed to be. Some of you guys don't even know the heck what you're going to do. You're like, you don't even know what college you're going to go to. Like, why are you holding this person's hand? You're trying to take on a whole other human? A whole other human, really. You can barely decide what toothpaste to buy. You don't even buy your own toilet paper. Like, is it the other way around or like upside down? You don't even know how to put that on there, but you want to take on a whole other human being on to know them. No, 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 check it out. This singleness allows for determining of purpose, of understanding the definites. Now, toilet paper is not a big deal. Like, we can throw it out the window, right? That's trash talk. The reality is this. We want to be a people who know what God has for us. In 1 Corinthians 7.32, it says this. I would like to, Paul, I would like you to be free from concern. An, 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 an unmarried man is, is concerned about the Lord's affairs and how we can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world and how we can please his wife. Okay? That's not a bad thing. But there's just, just, there's just a difference. There's a difference. And in this season, some of you guys are in this space where you can have all the energy and ability to do all these things. Like JD said, by the time this, this video was made about, uh, for singleness, for this, the, whole, the whole session, JD and his wife were not married. It's been two years since then. And what did he say? That as a single man, I use my singleness to love people. How many guys here in this room have had a coffee with JD Lasky? Or you've been touched by life. This is, you're not even in a small group. How does that happen? He's utilizing his singleness well. And even as a married person, guess what? His singleness and the, the ability to meet with people and to love people does not change. It doesn't change. See, that relationship status does not determine our purpose. I think, honestly, we have a hard time with faith because we have a hard time trusting in God. And so what happens is this. And I, want, I don't want to, like... 
make this like a, a thing where you're like, oh, man, it's going to be easy. It's great. I'm going to chase God in my singleness. I'm going to keep my friends accountable. Uh, I'm going to ask them to keep me accountable. I'm not going to look for a line to cross. I'm going to look for what God has for me. That's great. But I want to romanticize the idea of this because the reality is this. You will indeed be ostracized. People will hate you for it. Think about every show on television today or on the Internet. They make jokes of virgins. They make jokes of people who are waiting to be married. They make jokes. You're already married. Live together. Just do it. Why not? That's what happens. They glorify this idea of having no security, of living on the edge. And yet, in our country, we have the highest rates of abortion, of, of fatherlessness. Like, do you guys really want to be a baby mama? Let's be real. You don't. You do not. But the world will make fun of Christianity, not, not of, of Hinduism, not of Buddhism, not of Islam. I dare say Islam. Why? Because those guys are going to roll through, right? And I'm not saying you're supposed to do that at all, but this is the reality. Why do they make fun of Christians? Because Christ's claim was not just to be God. His claim was to be God and to have the truth. And so people will ostracize you, not because of what you do, but because of what you represent. Because you, you represent the holiness of God that we do not want. It's interesting. The one thing that will keep us free from all this pain is the one thing that we push aside. It's the one thing that we don't want to submit to. But this God will bring us that peace. He will bring us that protection. In Jude 1, 24, as the worship team comes up, Jude is the, 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 uh, a book that has only one chapter, 25 verses. And in this book, the last two verses, 24 and 25, Jude, the half-brother of Jesus, is writing to a faithless people, a people who are, are struggling with their trust of God. I don't know if it's singleness or relationship or money or power, but he writes this book to these people. And at the end of this book, he says this, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. This is the God who keeps you from stumbling. Because you might hear all these things, you're like, I'm going to muscle through it, Aaron, I'm going to make it happen. You cannot. He says, to him who's able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. Again, there's joy. This God is fighting for our joy, to bring us into joy, to bring us into fullness. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forever. Amen. He ends this book with a benediction, with an encouragement, with a reminder that all these things we need will find in Him. That He Himself will sustain us to the end. None of us is going to go to heaven and get there and say, I am here because I made it. I did it. I, I, I achieved all these things. No, we are kept by God literally by his grace and so my encouragement to you is this whether you're single you need community you need a, a, a reminder of who God is and so you have the, the beauty of small group you have the beauty of uh, these, these other leaders in this room you have the beauty uh, of this church body and if you're dating guess what you have a small group you have uh, the beauty of this community you have God who's going to sustain you to the end there's not one holier than the other but in the context of this space, we should be a people who recognize that our God fulfills our all in all. People of faith, if you look at them through the Bible, all these people, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, these great people of faith have issues keeping faith. Isn't that interesting? 
And so at the center of all these stories, whether you have or have not a boothing, the reality is this, that this God will sustain you to the end. The God who began a work in you will bring that work to completion. But you have to trust him for it. You have to lean into him for it. I think about in Luke 22, there's a man called Simon Peter. Simon, it's interesting, when you see repetition in, in Hebrew literature, it's like making a point. And I, I just see Jesus saying in Luke 22, Simon, Simon, just shaking his head, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as of wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. He goes, guys, hey, 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 let's be real. Some of y'all are going to fail. Some of y'all tonight, you're going to make decisions, even after hearing this message. My confidence is not in the power of my voice. My confidence is in the power of God. And the fact is this, that wherever you've gone with this God, crossing lines, again, he's with us all the time, or you've not crossed the line, and you're trying to hold on to this Jesus and to be pure, he says that he is with you. Peter, he says to Peter, I've prayed for you. God has prayed for you that your faith in him, not your singleness or your desire to be in a relationship or your desire to be rich or to be all these things, that he has prepared and prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you do mess up, not if, but when you do mess up, you can turn back because the grace is there to give you power to live a godly life and go and strengthen your brothers. Jesus kept Peter even when Peter didn't want to be kept. So what happens is this, we're gonna to go to heaven, all of us, praise God, I believe that if you've trusted this God and you're living by grace, you're gonna to go to heaven, the Bible says you're gonna cast out your crown. Anything you thought was of your own strength, you'd be like, wow God, you did it. Because there were nights when I didn't want to trust you and yet you forgave me, you, you gave me newness, you loved me. You said my purpose is in you, do not cast me away. This is the beauty of the gospel. That this God redeems his people. He loves his people. He sustains his people. And my hope for you is this. That your faith is kept by God. He's not a man that he should lie. I trust he will do so for all of us. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this evening, Lord. And thank you for the truth that you're a God who loves your people. You want us to be a people who are content and yet contending for the things of you, Lord. And for those who are single in this room, Lord, strengthen them for the journey they have ahead. And for those who are in relationships, Lord, strengthen them for the journey that you have for them as well. Knowing that you are a God who fulfills all in all. A God who is for us, not against us. I speak a blessing, my brothers and sisters. And all God's people say, Amen. We hope that was a blessing to you. You can connect with us on social media at Calvary HSM 805 on Instagram or on our website. God bless you.